0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: guys guys radio this is your host robert manny welcoming you to podcast number 328 we have a great show for you this evening jim germanic is going to be our guest he's going to talk about his award-winning best-selling book beyond the craft how to make a living creatively it's a really terrific tome and it takes us into uh, jim's life as an icm agent his producing his directing his writing and it gives a lot of tips for people who are attempting to make a living creatively, how to kind of get over the hump. And it's interesting because uh, a lot of creatives, they want to focus on the creating, but you also have to focus on marketing and some self-promotion and networking. And Jim has done it all. He's a Renaissance man. He's going to take us through how to how to make it work. A lot of great tips. And nobody's written a book like this. So congratulations to Jim. And we'll bring him out in a couple moments. Let's first uh, get into uh, what's going on here. This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. It all started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. We have a screenplay based on that. We have a TV series based on that. We have non-scripted TV work based on that. We have the website. Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness, Robert Manny, M A N N I.com. We also have Guys, Guys Radio. Guys, Guys Radio is in its 328th podcast. You can listen to all of them for free on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Blog Talk Radio. Download at your leisure. All I ask of you, if you can, if you enjoy the show, give us a rating on iTunes. That helps tremendously ratings, review, and if you want to subscribe, all of those things help a lot. And of course, if you want to buy my novel, which started this whole ride, um, please do so. It's interesting, reading Jim's book, I found that, hey, I'm doing some things correctly, and I'm doing some things that I need to do better. And when when we bring Jim out here, we'll talk about all those steps that you need to take to be successful at uh, being a creative. And uh, one of them is being versatile. So I could say. Going with the flow here with Guys Guys Radio, uh, it's pretty hot. We have a show tonight. We have a show on Wednesday. We have a pre-record on Thursday. We've got another show next Sunday, and we're booked through through January now. So um, I've got guests lined up. I have to qualify everybody and develop questions, and then bring them on the air. And it's a it's a lot of work, but I really enjoy it. And what we're doing is, we're it started with relationships. Uh, a focus on relationships because the book is about that. But the book is also about the some aspects of spirituality in it. And um, I get into my uh, Reiki practice in the book, in the novel. I created a character who is a Reiki master teacher like I am. And uh, it gets the word out there as to what Reiki is. So I'm going with the flow here offering listeners the opportunity to learn from all different experts in different parts of sides of life and different ec- levels and areas of expertise and then you can decide on your own hey that's for me that isn't let me tell you a little bit about what's going on right now out in the guys guys world we just finished up Thanksgiving as you know big travel days for everybody this is my first thanksgiving where i didn't travel my little family stayed here in new york i took my son he's 5 to the uh, to the Macy's parade. I had never been. And I'm doing a lot of uh, bucket list stuff in New York because we're thinking about maybe moving next year out West. And I want to get a lot of those things that I take for granted uh, under my belt. So I haven't done the Statue of Liberty. I was watching Ray Donovan last night and I had a whole thing about the Statue of Liberty. I'm like, hmm, you know what? I've never been out there. I should really check it out. And so anyhow, we went to the parade. I asked some New Yorkers, okay, what's some good advice? Where can you watch the parade? Because I don't really want to deal with the whole crowd and all of that. And it was a super cold day. It was like the coldest Thanksgiving parade in 50 years or something. So we bundled my son up. We uh, took the subway down to 86th Street as directed. And then we kind of walked through the park looking for some high ground. Unfortunately, every time we found a good place to watch, there was lots of people. But also security kind of pushed us along, kept pushing us out. I don't know what they were thinking, like what the security uh, threat was there, but whatever. Um, So we ended up uh, at 72nd Street. And 72nd Street, we got perfect, perfect place to stand, right where some of the guardrails were. But we see everything came right past us. Uh, Unfortunately, there was a wind that came off 72nd Street from west to east, uh, adding on to the cold. So eventually, my son's face became very red and frozen. So I we cut out after about an hour or so of the parade, but he had a good time and uh, it was worth seeing. I had never seen it before and the balloons are really cool. I always thought they were way much higher up in the air and they're not I thought they thought they were like, you know, 50 feet up the, you know, the strings went 50 feet up and then the balloons, but it's really not. They're just, you know, they're probably about, I don't know, 20, 20 feet or so off the ground if, if that. And, uh, and so they come right by you and they're really well done And then there's also marching bands and things like that. So if you haven't checked it out, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, it's a tradition. It's fantastic. So we did that. And then the next day, we had Thanksgiving at home. My wife and I, uh, we don't eat meat. So we didn't have turkey. We had some kind of fake turkey. And we had the stuffing and all that, but no no meat. And then we had uh, some fish. And then the next day, we went up to the holiday train show. We took my son to the holiday train show at the Bronx Botanical Garden, It's fantastic. We went last year and we went in uh, the holiday week between Christmas and New Year's. And this time we decided, well, maybe if we go right after Thanksgiving. There won't be many people there. No, super packed also. We went up there and then we walked over uh, to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx, which is like the real Little Italy in New York. And it's gorgeous. And the food's tremendous. And then we went to, there's a famous seafood place there to buy fish, fishmonger there. And we bought some fantastic shrimp and some other stuff. And then we went to this world famous cheese shop that they have. And we bought some Parmesan and some mozzarella and some big, juicy, delicious tomatoes. And it was and then we we took the bus up the hill uh, along Portham Road. And then we took the D train back to the city. And uh, it was a good day. Uh, So we had a good time. And then we kind of chilled the rest of the weekend. And here we are. And getting back in the news. And today we got another we had rain and over the weekend. Now we got rain today and it just keeps going. Um, what else is happening? Um let me just mention one thing about kind of human nature. Something I learned over the weekend. I play uh, in this fantasy football league. I've been in the same league with the same guys for twenty five years. Back with a whole bunch of guys we played together and adver- worked together in advertising and now we're still in touch. Everybody's gone in separate directions, but we stay in touch we get together once a year to do our fantasy football draft and we play once a week and i got to the cha- i won the championship 2 years in a row, 2 years ago and then last year i got to the championship game and then the the day of the championship i that morning i changed my quarterback and i ended up losing the championship and a good chunk of money because i changed on sunday and i'm like you know what i have to stop doing that and so yesterday i I saw that you know the tight end I have Eric Ebron. He he had, didn't catch any balls the week before. Two weeks before that, though, he had three touchdowns. And I, had a guy, who uh, Carmen Cameron Brate on the Tampa Bay Bucs, who Jamison Winston, who's back in the starting lineup, the quarterback of the Buccaneers, likes to throw to this guy. And I figured, okay, let me let me make the switch. I'll take this guy because the other guy, this guy Eric Ebron, he's actually now second string because the, the guy he was replacing came back. So I figured, all right, hedge my bets here and make the switch Sunday morning. Well, as it turns out, wrong again. Eric Ebron, two touchdowns, 16 points. The guy I took, Cameron Braid, one touchdown, eight points. I lost by six points. <laughs> so once again, overthinking, making a uh, knee-jerk move at the last minute, did not help. So now I know. Though going into the playoffs, I reminded myself, "Hey, Robert, remember what you told yourself: no making these uh, last-ditch decisions on on Sunday. Go with the gut that you had and the plan you did during the week. Trust, trust your intuition. Trust yourself. Trust your decisions." So anyhow, it's that way in golf too. You really learn a lot about other people in golf. You play golf with them and you see their behavior and your own behavior. And you're like, "Wow, I didn't realize I got pissed off at." missing a putt like that or see other people like break clubs and do crazy stuff. But there's certain activities we get involved with that uh, are re- very revealing. And I see some behavior in our football league too, of which I won't get into tonight. That is like, really, like really stuff in terms of uh, bending the rules and such. So anyhow, just a quick little note on that. So let's, we want to get Jim out here. So let's take a quick break and we'll bring our special guest, Jim dramatic out. You're listening to the Guys, Guys Radio. Okay, welcome back to Guys, Guys Radio. Your host, Robert Manny. Um, Thank you for listening. Our special guest, as I mentioned, is uh, Jim Germanic. Let me tell you a little bit about Jim. One of the things Jim talks about in his book is you have to have a paragraph, a short paragraph about yourself that really gets to the point, lets everybody know what you're doing, not too long, not too short, So he's got it on the back of his book, so I'm going to read it right now. Jim Germanic is an award-winning writer, director, and producer in film, TV, and new media, creative entrepreneurship expert, and speaker. His words and photos can be seen in the Washington Post, IndieWire, Poe, and the Boston Globe. He wrote and produced the highly acclaimed romantic comedy, Passionata, which was released by Columbia TriStar in over 150 countries, and his film, M, won the Grand Jury Prize at the Seattle International Film Festival and Best Producer Award at the Brooklyn International Film Festival, among other honors. Most recently, Jim wrote and directed Homophonia, a political comedy about gay marriage rights that has appeared at over 50 film festivals while winning several. His revolutionary new web series, LifeAdvice.tv has drawn high praise, and he's got some really big stars in that since going live globally in 2015, Mr. Germanic is a former ICM entertainment agent who helped represent Arthur Miller, Shirley MacLaine, Ben Kingsley, Dudley Moore, Helen Hayes, Alan Arkin, and General H. Norman Schwarzkopf, among others. He's a real renaissance man. The book is called Beyond the Craft, What You Need to Know to Make a Living Creatively, and it's a really fun read because there's a lot of uh, anecdotes about Jim's career And up to this point, which keeps blossoming, and also uh, some great advice about how you can earn your way in this highly competitive creative game. So welcome to the show, Jim Germanic. How are you, Jim?
0: Great, great, Robert. Great to be here.
1: Good, good. And I know Jim has a little bit of a sore throat and so do I. So we'll power through this (laughs) and uh, hopefully we'll be able to inform our audience what's going on. So let's start at the beginning. What, and I read the book, but for the benefit of the listeners who haven't had a chance yet, how did you decide on your career, and how did you know, uh, how did you really learn how to make a living creatively? Well,
0: uh, it's a long story. I, basically, I wanted to be an actor, and uh, by the time I got to New York and I auditioned for six, six months to a year, I just didn't have the security and confidence um, I took every rejection personally, which is not something you should do, and I ended up being on the crew of TV shows, films, and um, and documentaries, and did various positions just to get myself on it. One time I worked as a gaffer, which is like an electrician, and almost mm-hmm. fried myself. Um, but Anything to get into the, 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 the craft, if you will, and then I started then I became uh, an agent, and I started in the at ICM, or International Creative Management, which is the largest entertainment literary newscasting agency at the time. Now it's was like number three or four. And I was there for 10 years, but I missed being creative. So people thought I was crazy. I was making a good six-figure salary. Uh, a lot of people like that around who, who have left their kind of business positions and Gone back to doing what they want to do, and that's why I wanted to be creative so I became a writer director producer, and uh made a bunch of feature films and TV shows and what have you that's what i did and I, okay. I, and, Good. And, and, and why do they want to do I, I, it, it's just you know we are all creative, and uh I just you know I wanted to be creative that's it I wanted to be mm-hmm. creative it was my dream
1: okay um so for the benefit of our listeners, Jim, tell us a little bit about uh, the real skinny on what a producer does, what an agent does, uh, what a manager does, kind of the difference between an agent and a manager. Um, and w- what, what, what do you need? Do you need an agent and a manager, et cetera? I mean, I mean obviously, there's writers, there's actors, there's musicians, there's artists, uh, just from a broad stroke perspective. Do you, do you, and why do you need a team actually nowadays? Well, that's a lot of questions
0: in one, Robert. But uh, basically, I wrote the book because there was no books available. There's many books on acting and screenwriting and directing. But there were no books about, okay, once I graduate or during my career, if there's a lull, what can I do? And the whole reason for the book is how to get to the next level of your career, whether you're an actor, director, writer, producer, singer, novelist, comedian, journalist, uh, uh, designer, crew person. How do I get to the next level of my career without solely relying on others, without solely relying on agents, managers, producers, other gatekeepers? And so that was the reason I wrote the book. I wanted to simply – there was no books out there. I was always asked to give advice to people, and uh, I did. I sat down with hundreds of people, but I looked for a book. Maybe I could give them a book as well. There was nothing. So that's why I wrote the book. There was a real Uh, there was just an extreme dearth of books about what to do Mm -hmm. and this book is designed for aspiring, working and even successful creative professionals I want them to get the next step so uh, they may know some things but they're not going to know all of the things And I wrote the book I created my own kind of strategy, vocabulary uh, and philosophy um, about what from what I learned as an agent at ICM. And then what I learned when I had to start at square one as an independent filmmaker. And, um, I, I kind of wrote it in bite-sized in a bite-sized way, uh, that people will understand and not be intimidated by. And, um, so that's, that's what I did. Nowadays, you mention agents and managers, and the system is the old system of the past was to have an agent and manager and they will mm-hmm. get you work. But nowadays that works for very few people. Number one, there's fewer agents and managers than ever before. In fact, in the last five or 10 years, it's been halved. Number two, they're really focusing on people who are making a lot of money already. So, right. you know, if you're Steven Spielberg, you have a really good agent, you know, um, people who barely really don't need an agent. They're the ones that have the best agent. So we all need to work uh, the, the answer, unfortunately, for those who want to avoid the business whatsoever completely, we all need to work on our creative entrepreneurship skills. Um, even if you have an agent or manager, you need to complement their efforts. You need to complement their efforts. And so the very successful people, even though they may have great agents and managers, are still working to help their agents and managers and, and again, complement their efforts.
1: And yeah, that, uh, that makes perfect sense.
0: Mm-hmm. And and so you cannot just uh, uh, relinquish that responsibility to your to your craft to your talent. So that's what, another reason I wrote the book because uh, a lot of creative people are very intimidated by the business and they shouldn't be. And I'm not, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So look, one of the most important parts of the book is literally how to network more effectively. And networking doesn't need to be superficial. It doesn't need to be uh, um, shallow. It can be as meaningful as you want it to be, but you need to connect with people because you need to know a certain number of people to have a real shot at succeeding. I call that contact accumulation. You need to accumulate a number of people, maybe like 300 professionals for you to have a real shot. If you know three people, that's okay, but that should be a goal. Um, so networking is, and schmoozing, as I call it, is very, very important. Another thing that's really important is promoting yourself. And that's what an agent and a manager do. Sometimes they're not as good as it. If you have an agent or a manager, revise your bio, revise your resume. Keep on making it more and more uh, uh, relevant uh, for the time. And uh, make it better, improve upon it. If you have a reel, improve upon that reel. It should be a continual process of improvement and getting the best promotional materials you can. But at the same time, don't give them too much. Leave them wanting more. As the old show business idiom says, leave them wanting more. Don't give them too much.
1: Now, you mentioned, in the, mm-hmm. you mentioned in the book, Jim, about uh, also having more than kind of one project in the hopper. Um how, uh, what, t- give us some thoughts about that, why that's so important because I guess they're going to say what else you got if they don't you want, you know, want to have more things for them to consider, I guess, but not too many. Well, that's
0: primarily for producers, directors, and writers, uh, to be honest with you because they may be pitching to a TV or a web uh, s- streaming or a film a producer or a production company and they may say have oh, a great, great, great horror film and the, guy, the person may say well, I'm doing a horror film. What else do you got? And if they don't have anything else, it kind of wastes the meeting. Right. So it's, it, you want to have two or three projects always because the project you have may be similar to something they've done before or are pro- producing presently or maybe some, a genre they're not interested in. That's
1: mm-hmm.
0: why it's so important when you have a meeting is to do research. Now, it's never been easier, be- easier to research somebody and know what their taste is and know what the budget range is, and know what their genre is.
1: What's the best way for uh, creatives to, who are looking for representation? Most creatives that I'm sure both of us know, they just want to be creating. And uh, the fact of the matter is they're going to have to do a little bit more than that. So they're going to have to get some type of representation uh, if they want, you know, if they want to extend their reach, if you will. What's the best way for a creative to, uh, go after a, an agent or a literary manager or whatever is the right person for based them based on what they do.
0: Well, again, I want to de-emphasize the importance of agents and managers. That's the first thing I want to do. Okay. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine percent of people have agents and managers are not happy with them. They have you got you can't escape learning about the business and doing some things on your own. Uh, so you know. Um, the point is to try to assemble a team, which I write about in my book. Mm-hmm. And that team may be a lawyer. It may be a partner in a business or a co-producer. It may be um, – could even be in a, a business manager or accountant. But okay. you got to try to assemble a team. If you're specifically pursuing an agent or manager, the best way is a reference. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, if you're an actor and you just uh, you become friendly with somebody in your acting class or audition technique class, and if they're not your type, meaning they're not going to be competitive to you, you ask them for a favor. So you, the number one thing is to ask for help. Learn how to ask for help. So if, if there's somebody you know that has an agent and manager and they're not competitive with you, they're not similar mm-hmm. to you. Right. In other words, if you're a writer and you write horror and they write horror, that's not a great thing. They're going to be competitive.
1: But if right. you write
0: romantic comedy and they write horror, ask, ask them, how's your agent? How's your manager? And so the best way is introduction.
1: Now, you talk in the book a lot about, um, you know, kind of faking it until you kind of know something that you really have to be open minded um, when you got your shot to be an agent with ICM. You were thrust into the position, and it sounded like, from what I read, like you were surprised and weren't 100% prepared, but jumped right in and did a great job. Uh, talk to us about that special quality that uh, entrepreneurial uh, creatives need to have to, to get it when they get to that next step, to be able to take advantage of it and step right in and hit it out of the park.
0: With a book I wrote, it has a 70% overlap for, for non-creative entrepreneurs. Non-creative entrepreneurs like my book as well, because... It speaks to them. There are situations in your career where you may be jumping into uh, a void, if you will. You're jumping into an area where you may not know, be completely prepared. And that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes it's, it really is. A lot of aspects about the creative and the business part of our business is learning on the job. Learning on the job. And so um, you got to allow yourself to learn on the job. And you have mm-hmm. to – well, whenever you're dealing with what I call primary contacts, primary contacts are those people who can represent you like an agent or manager, hire you like a producer or network, or invest in you. One of those things. Represent you, hire you, or rep, invest in you. Those are called primary contacts. And when you're meeting a primary contact, no matter how insecure you are, and we're all, we're all, all creatives are insecure, make no mistake, but no matter how insecure you are, you must exude confidence when you're meeting a primary contact. It's very, very important. Mm-hmm. So what do they, you like they, to they, do? They, 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 know, they know that if they hire or finance or represent you, that you're going to do the best for them. You will not embarrass them. You would not hurt their professional reputation. Okay. So jumping into a void is very important. Exuding
1: confidence is very important. How important is uh, being credentialized? For instance, if you uh, you know you're a writer and you get into how how important is it uh, or a screenwriter you get into the Writers Guild, is that a big ticket being punched for you?
0: I think it's important because the, the Writers Guild, the professional. Uh, uh, unions uh, have activities. I did a two-day workshop at the writer WGA on the art and business of screenwriting uh, that was very well attended. They have events. You meet other writers and see, or, or actors or directors, whatever guild you're in, and see what they're doing with their careers. Uh, but it's not absolutely necessary, particularly if you're just starting out, because uh, you you know you may want to get a non-union jobs to begin. Until you're at the level of getting union jobs, at the at the that, until you at the value of getting union jobs.
1: Okay, you mentioned uh, that the uh, amount of a- the number of agents and has shrunk uh, significantly over the past decade or so. In the past, like twenty five years, what's happened with the with the business?
0: Well, there's a few forces happening with the business right now. Number one, there's the extraordinary globalization so when the studios make films I don't know if you noticed but they have a Russian or a Chinese yeah. actor or African actor that, that's very deliberate that they're trying to appeal to the mm-hmm. entire world so now maybe in a studio film maybe only 20 or 30% of revenues come from America as opposed to the rest of the world uh, and 15-20 years ago it was 90% from America so it's globalization <laughs> is happening like crazy Number two, there's a collision course between the tech companies and the studios and the tech companies may win. They really may win. <laughs> and, and they're all getting involved now. They're all of them, Apple, Facebook, uh, YouTube. They're all involved in making content. So uh, Google. So, you know, um, that's happening. There's a collision course going on. Um, And, uh, so there are major, major changes happening. There really are. Um, and, and we have to be aware of them.
1: So why, why are there so few agents now?
0: There's less agents. I think the pie, the general pie has kind of, you know, has shrunken a little bit, you know, the Mm -hmm. the general pie has shrunk a little bit and, uh, I, I think that's one reason.
1: Um, okay. Um, yeah. You, met, you mentioned globalization, Jim. Um, how does that affect – so uh, to me, that would say – and I see it true, and I can tell when movies are made in China, like that movie with Matt Damon and I think it was called The Wall or something like that, where they the, – just the way they lit the Chinese actors, where it made them look so majestic and they made Matt Damon look – so dark and everything it's uh, interesting <laughs> and how they're doing this i'm like this must have been a chinese uh, production sure enough it, it was but i have to think that um and i put this in quotes and i don't mean it in a negative way but it sounds negative and that is like the messaging seems to have been dumbed down a little bit um for global audiences so everybody gets it and as part of that i would think that comedy has been impacted in a negative way because some you know, comedy is very localized in terms of what's funny, uh, unless it's very big and broad. What's what are your thoughts on that? Is that true?
0: There's been a myth that comedy doesn't travel well. I don't think it's true. I think a lot of people, I think we share a lot of uh, the sense of humor with a lot of different countries. I think intelligent comedy travels extremely well. Okay, intelligent comedy travels, uh, maybe, uh, you know, very, very, um, one. You know, very uh, shallow comedies. I guess there's one. Am I going to talk about them? Do not travel that great. Mm-hmm. But interesting okay. comedies travel that well.
1: All right. And romantic you, you,
0: comedies travel travel very well. Um, okay. But it, the whole the, the third force that's going. You ask me what's going on in the business. The third mm-hmm. force that's going on yep. is the digitalization. That's changing everything. That 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 people under 30. Are not watching TV like you and I watch TV, like with cable right. channels and stuff. That's, so that's on their phone. That's changing the dynamics. They're watching a lot of things on their phone or their iPad or their computer. That's changing the dynamics of entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also changing, of course, the financing of entertainment because it's being dominated by Netflix and Amazon and those and then the streaming giants, Hulu. Right. So uh, there are giant changes going on and the length is going to be shortened because a lot of people are not they don't want to watch things for 90 minutes right. or, or right. two
1: hours I've got to think Jim that that's got it's uh, you know there's a good thing about all of this because for the uh, kind of the new folks getting into the business you know you can shoot things on your iPhone and GoPro and they look pretty darn good and if you can get a YouTube uh you know hundreds of thousands of subscribers going and you you're off to the races and you're you're competing what what are your thoughts on that being and and, and that um, in that place to go in ahead in
0: certain ways it's reducing the power of the gatekeepers it's now another mm-hmm. alternative another option and absolutely i mean uh, if you can attract uh, viewership, if you can attract followers or fans, that's a giant uh, opportunity uh, that the gatekeepers at big networks or production companies, they can't stop you. So uh, I know for a fact that agents and managers and production companies are looking at these YouTube and, and other Internet uh, moguls, if you will, of the, the pop, mm-hmm. most popular people. Uh, wanting to work with them based on their yep. viewership. So that's okay. changing As I said, the visualization digital, is
1: changing everything. Got it. Now, uh, when you made your movie Passanada, um you made in the book. You have a great story about that, that uh, although the story takes place, uh, it's about some folks in Portugal, you drew on your uh, roots of uh, growing up in upstate New York for the fleshing out of the characters. And I think that was such an important story that you told there about how important it is to draw off your own life and you don't have to worry about that. You know, you didn't live in Portugal. You could still write about it because there's shared values. Could you talk to us a little bit about that, Jim?
0: Sure. I mean, I, 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 you know, one of the, I do a lot of workshops. I do a lot of entertainment career coaching and what have you. And one of the things I, I always uh, try to instill into my listeners is use your life, use your story, particularly if you're a writer or a director or an actor, Use your life. You don't have to be strictly autobiographical, but mm-hmm. use something, some character, some family friend or an uncle or somebody you knew. Use that as a character, somebody, because they're so alive for you. In the same way, you know, I used my background. I'm from a place called Schenectady, New York, upstate New York, which was largely uh, Italian and Polish. And um, they have similarities to the Portuguese. And then, uh, now I live in Astoria, Queens. I live in Astoria, yeah. it's becoming a very hot neighborhood here in New York, as you know. Yeah. And that's largely Greek. So both of those influences really impacted my writing uh, for Passionata because it's a story about a, uh, a Portuguese immigrant who meets the lover for life. Mm-hmm. In uh, you... a Portuguese, Fado Singer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first Which film of the Portuguese. Music. Yeah. And the first film featuring photo music, uh, English speaking mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. Uh, that was shot in New Bedford area of Massachusetts, Passionata But, yeah, you need to use your life. You, you, need, you can't just ignore your past and your connections and your network and your history. Use it to enhance your creativity.
1: Mm-hmm. You also talk uh, about stretching yourself, Jim. So uh, not to get bogged down with one project or one special specialty, kind of go with where you're going. Like I'm big on the podcast. You know, you know, you know my work with the uh, with the TV series and the book and all of that. But now I'm doing so much with the podcast, and it's it's still on brand. And I'm kind of, you know, got the wind at my uh, sales. And I I would think that's something that you would encourage uh, to your uh, people that you tutor that, you know, you've got to kind of be open minded. You've got to use the skills that you have in different mediums and you can't kind of you got to get yourself unstuck, which a lot of creators get stuck, as you know.
0: Yes. uh, Be open to different media. Be open to different genres. Be open to building muscles that, you know, are weak. The best uh, actors, directors, writers that I know are those who are able to be self-critical. Not self-critical to the point that they're paralyzing their progress, no. Self-critical, knowing what they're weak at and working at it, whether it's taking a workshop or, or, or writing a, reading an article or a book or just working at the places they're weak. Uh, in the same way a football coach may work on the weakness of his team. You have mm-hmm. a responsibility as a creative person to work at, to figure out if you're weak in any area, and to work at strengthening that somehow.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great advice. And and, and, and,
0: and and in terms of stretching yourself, you know, it's boring just to do the same thing over and over again. If there's a way you can go into a different field or try something different, by all means. You know, by all, I think it's a fantasy to think that you're going to make all become professional and be able to pay your bills from doing just one thing. Most mm-hmm. creatives, if you actually speak to them, tell you, will, will tell you, hey, I'm doing it. I'm doing six, seven, eight different things as
1: a freelance worker to make a living. Now, uh, you also talk about a, a very interesting concept called Choose Your Strata. What, uh, for our listeners, what does that mean, Jim?
0: Well, you just, you know, when you're networking and when you're trying to progress, and meet contacts who can help your career. You really have to know where you fall. So if you're trying to make, uh, if you're trying to make an independent two hundred thousand dollar independent film, you don't talk to eighty million dollar producers of sci fi films. You know, it, 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 if you're trying to make a two hundred thousand dollar romantic comedy, you got to know your strata. What genre are you in? What budget range you're in? What media are you in? You can always change those things, but you have to know, try to meet people who are involved in that, and, and that, and that niche. It, it, it just saves a lot of time. I mean, there are many businesses, many, many film businesses, if you will, in the film business. Which one it appeals to you? It just, which one, it just slims down the number of people that you want to meet or connect with or work with.
1: You, so you need talk to know. About...
0: Where going to some powerful, I don't know, producer or finance uh, Just saying, I need help. I need help with my career. Mm-hmm. No, make it specific. What specifically can they do? Research them. Look at their IMDb. Look at their history. Who is there? Somebody they know that can specifically help you. Then you simply ask, "Hey, I, I know. Either they can help you directly." Well, maybe there's somebody they know can help you. And then you ask specifically, can, can you can you get my script before or, or my resume to someone, to Joe, whatever. So it's about Got being it. specific, mm-hmm. and it's about breaking down strata, not to limit yourself creatively, but just to make things
1: easier for you to promote yourself and your career. And you also mentioned something that many of us in the creative field neglect, and that is to say, how can I help you?
0: Well, that's, you know, part of my, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of the chapter called The Art of Schmoozing in this book. And the, the mm-hmm. bottom line is, it's not always about me, 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 take, 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 take. Right. How, right. Can, you, how can you help? The best schmoozing, the best networking is a two-way street. The yep. best networkers are able to say, hey, you can help me. How can, how can I help you? And then you okay. have a relationship and really build a relationship upon that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Two more questions. Uh, creative family, uh, about relationships. You mentioned the importance of having a creative family. That's not like your, you know, your uncle Joe, that's like people who, uh, you know, are simpatico and kind of share your, your goals and, and they have their own goals and you can bounce things off each other and they're not, you know, uh, you know, direct competitors, if you will, but they're simpatico.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's very important, particularly if you're not from a creative family uh, or, or, some, or you're not from that world. You want to build your own creative family. You want to find people who have similar goals or in the in the business with you, who can support you, look at your monologue, read your scripts, look at your short film, and give you real, honest feedback to help improve you. In your work. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's really important to have that support system. And also, obviously, these people, if they're your friends, they can also suge- maybe may be able to suggest a new hot agent or manager or production company or finance, financial financing source, you know, if you're a filmmaker. So they may, in other words, suggest primary contacts
1: for you to meet as well. Mm-hmm. Tell us uh, a story about you. I, you know, I think there's you have a whole book, Jim, in my opinion, about being an agent. And it was just I was laughing when I was reading uh, some of the stories of how you worked your way out, literally with a I Ivy League degree, worked your way out of the mailroom and uh, into the catbird seat. And, uh, and you dealt we were dealing with the Hollywood heavyweights and you handled yourself well. Do you have any uh, tidbits there, or anecdotes you can share? You know, um, it's just about not
0: being intimidated by anyone. Don't be intimidated. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, when I, when I, I would, when I talk to stars, I think of them as a, like, a, if they were older than me, like an uncle or, or, or you know, or so like an avuncular figure, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't let things, uh, intimidate me at all. And, uh, you know, very successful people don't need b- to be flattered. They just want to know what's going on, what's the truth. And so I would rather keep it authentic, keep it truthful, and be real, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yes, okay. um, change uh, will happen, and you've got to be able to react to that change in a positive way. But there are change. change will happen. I came into work one day. Uh, And my boss was gone. Uh, I didn't know what was going on. I I was totally shocked. Uh, And and I I spoke to the president of the company who said my boss defected. That was the word they used. Defected to William Morris, the rival agency. I said, defected. He said, defected. I I said, we know you've been doing some deals. Do you want the job? I said, yes, yes, yes. And, the first few weeks, I didn't really know what I was doing. But, you know, I, I, you, you start learning it. You learn. By, the, by six weeks, I knew what I was doing. So you, it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. It's a learning process. Now,
1: now, out of all these things you've done and excelled in, Jim, being an agent, uh, producing, writing, acting, directing, what do, you, what do you enjoy the most? That's a good question. I would have
0: to say directing. I'm directing right now a documentary about Martin Landau the famous actor Mm -hmm, sure and I I have a wonderful group of producers really really enjoying it Uh, and he was a great guy great actor of course I I would have to say directing Um, um, writing is also fun I always enjoyed writing Mm -hmm. Um, I think between writing and directing I think I I enjoy the most
1: okay and all right uh, I promised you a half hour due to your, due to your uh, having a little bit of a sore throat, and I have a head cold too, so we're at a half hour. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about um, in terms of the book? I want to make sure we cover everything, and then we'll get to uh, where everybody can find you, find the book, Beyond the Crafts, What You Need to Know to Make a Living Creatively. Jim Germanic, Renaissance Man, Producer, Writer, Director. Tell us, Jim. Just uh,
0: um, be bold and aggressive. More, the, more so than you think you need to be. Be bold. Really serve your talent. Serve your talent. You know, uh, don't be afraid about making cold calls. Don't be afraid about reaching out to people you don't know. Uh, learn how to ask for favors. If you happen to be shy or, or withdrawn, that's okay. A lot of creative people are. But you'll need to learn how to divorce yourself Personally, from professionally, personally, that's up to you. You could have a small network of people, whatever. That's fine. But professionally, you need to be a social bumblebee now and then, not Mm -hmm. twenty-four-seven, but now and then. You need Mm -hmm. to reserve time, not only to work on your craft, but also to work on your networking and meeting. You want to uh, reach out, contact, and arrange to meet people. You want to arrange to meet people now and then. Eyeball mm-hmm. to eyeball. In this tsunami of technology and data, nothing replaces an eyeball to eyeball meeting.
1: No, I, so I agree so much.
0: Now mm-hmm. they're much more inclined to help you. I can be yep. reached at my uh, uh, website, Jim Germanic, J E R, American Mary, A, Amric and Nancy, OK, dot com. I can be reached on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram. Um, and my book, can, you can, there's an audio version of my book at audible.com. And Beyond the Craft, What You Needed to Know is available on Amazon, um, Ingram Spark, um, a number of places. Um, also, I, I strongly recommend that you look at my website that I created called lifeadvice.tv. Lifeadvice.tv, where I went to. You know, it's a really unique, uh, wonderful idea. I went to senior citizen centers, assisted living centers, nursing homes, found the most mm-hmm. dynamic seniors I could find and try to give them a voice. And and, and, and I came uh, and, and I carved two to three minutes uh, with my amazing uh, editor, Anthony mm-hmm. Darkin, uh, two to three minutes of the best seniors It's called uh, on all subjects with romance, relationships, uh, wellness, uh, God forbid, happiness, everything. And so the whole thing was anti-celebrity, anti-extremely wealthy, although I have nothing against celebrities or extremely rich. I have nothing against the rich or famous, but it was about just talking to normal people who, based on their life experience, based on how long they lived, have the expertise to give us advice. That's www.lifeadvice.tv. That's something I wanted to plug. Well,
1: that's, no, that's fine. What, uh, if I may, may, may ask, um, what was the number one consistent message that you got from the folks or, or was there one or does everybody have their completely different take? It's very interesting.
0: Avoid toxic people was, was one thing. But learn, learn how to laugh at yourself and laugh at your life don't take things too seriously it's the second mm-hmm. um, um enjoy yourself
1: mm-hmm. you know got it mm-hmm. no nope. right.
0: really so you know, be 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 present in the now enjoy yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: stop thinking about the past stop thinking about the
1: future you know that kind of stuff mm-hmm. great okay we look forward to seeing that more of that um so what's next? You have the, the documentary with Martin Landau. Anything planned beyond that? Well, I know it's a big TV, project. So I,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, several TV projects are 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 being percolated, um, and uh, the next film, the next film, we're working on, and um, um, and I love to write something new. <laughs> But, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to people to know about this book because I want to help people. I'm not making any a yep. fortune on the book, but I want to mm-hmm. help people because, you know, it's hard to get guidance. It really is. Yep. When you're first starting out, it's hard to get guidance when your career has a lull, when you're stuck. It's really hard to get guidance. You don't want, a lot of people don't want to reveal the fact that they're stuck, that, 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 mm-hmm. that, that maybe the people who are helping them get work are retired or passed away. What do they do? How do they meet new people? that kind of stuff. I wanted to give them yep. a bit of a guideline, a bit of a blueprint. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's why beyond the craft, what you need to know to make a living creative, creative, creative exist.
1: Fantastic. Well, listen, Jim, you did a great job with the book. My heartiest congratulations. Well-deserved. Uh, very interesting Thank story. You. I think you've got a, you've got a book or a movie, something called the agent. I know there's something there that could be hilarious because, uh, just the, uh, some of your anecdotes there are just priceless. So, um, think about it. Thank you. Uh, and uh thank you uh, thank and thank you so much for being my guest on guys guys radio. I love to have people who uh want to help and people who have a new angle or a new perspective from all different areas of life on the show to show our listeners, hey, have you thought about this? If you're in this field, have you considered that? And just we get out there and we help people in all different ways, whether it's wellness, relationships, fantasy football whatever we get the message out there and it's up to people to decide hey i'm going to use that or not but you have some sound advice you're the only one doing this you have uh, the the uh workshop series that you do and uh doing a great job so thank you jim germanic hey thanks very much for having me you're welcome all right everybody that's our show for this evening our special guest jim germanic his book again beyond the craft what you need to know to make a living creatively great work As I mentioned earlier, um, I am going to be very busy this week. Tomorrow night, I'm actually going to be on KCAA in Los Angeles, a wellness show with a healer, Kimberly. She was on my show. She's done some healing. She did my wife on Skype. And we had that on guys, guys radio. And she also did a one-on-one healing with me. And, um, the, the results were quantitatively measured medically and, uh, were mind-blowing. So she asked me to come on her show, radio show, talk about it and also stay on the show and take calls from listeners. So I'll be there tomorrow night, KCAA, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And so look for that. And then we're back on Guys Guys Radio this Wednesday at 7 p.m. with Brian Wilson, who wrote a book about uh, John E. Fetzer and the quest for the, for the new age. It's a former owner of the Detroit Tigers who did a whole, uh, spirituality thing way way ahead of his time so anyhow we'll be back wednesday and then we're back next sunday so thanks so much for listening to guys guys radio this is your host robert manny signing off remember like i always like to say guys guys finish first